Hello, everyone. It's time once again for another episode of Cinema's Soft Underbelly, your one-stop shop for all things horror-related, fantasy-related, sci-fi-related, gems in the rough, hard-to-find movies, and movies that should be discovered. Uh, Today, Eugene Weaver is going to be talking about movies that the... uh, Let me just pull up my notes here, because I'm looking forward to talking about this. This is going to actually be a two-parter today. Uh, and then my next episode. So the first one is going to be remakes that are better than the originals. And then obviously, the next one is going to be uh, the uh, remakes that are worse than the original. So uh, I'm going to start and I'm not going to normally with my show, I like to give history and backstory on the movies. And this isn't going to be quite like that. Uh, Today's episode is going to be more just random comments about the movies that I'm talking about. Um, I've got, let's see here, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, about twelve movies. And generally I touch on two to three movies per episode, depending on what I'm talking about. So obviously here, there's not going to be a whole lot of backstory. It's basically going to be the reasons why I think that the remake is better than the original. Now, a couple of these are very negotiable. And by by that, I mean... The original is very, very good. However, I might slightly prefer the uh, the remake a little bit better. Or it's a tie. It's a complete toss-up. And that, and and same is going to apply to remakes that are worse than the originals. There's a couple that are so close that it's it's kind of hard to, you know, it's kind of hard to choose. But I, they still ended up in in uh, pile number two with the the worse than. So anyway, I'm going to start the show off with, um, the first movie that I'm going to be talking about briefly. And it's because the reason I'm talking about it first is because I just got done watching it last night, actually, uh, again. And I'll tell you, it holds up so well. And that is nine, uh, 2009's sorority row directed by Stuart Hendler. And I also have the original, House on Sorority Row, and House on Sorority Row is a movie from 1983, directed by Mark Rossman, and um, this is one of those where um, there's not a whole lot similar, uh, other than the... uh, a prank that goes horribly wrong and a group of sorority sisters are then stalked and murdered one by one in the, in the house or around the house while throwing a party to celebrate their graduation. So basically the core is there. The core story is there. However, the, um, um, everything else has changed pretty much. Um, the way that, that the prank goes horribly wrong has changed. Uh, all of the character beats are pretty much different than the remake. Um, Vice versa, obviously. The remake, I gotta say, um, one of the things I, I I loved about the remake was the beginning is so good in establishing what this movie is about, what it's going to be like, and um, it, it was just a really cool intro uh, credits scene. I love it, and the music is really good, even though I don't like dance type music. The music worked perfectly for the type of movie that this is, and I I really I really like that. So. Um, 
there's different actors in this, uh, different actress, actresses sorry, in uh, the remake that have gone on to other movies. Uh, Rumor Willis, uh, Demi Moore's daughter, is in this. And um, there's another one. Let me just try and find her here. Um, Terry, uh, how do you pronounce her? Terry Andres is in this. Um, oh, let's see here. Um, uh, I don't want to spend too much time. Uh, Jamie Chung is in this, which I've seen her and other stuff. Yeah, she was in Hangover Part 2 and 3, and she was in Sucker Punch. Anyway, um, I, I liked the cast. I liked the fact that uh, this movie was very self-referential, kind of like Scream, but more bitchy, I guess. Like, all the girls are kind of bitchy, and I liked that. Uh, they weren't like, I hate them all. I didn't, actually. It was, you were supposed to not like them, but they were still kind of cool, and they were still, um, their their lines were good enough to where it it overshadowed the, fa- the fact that they're kind of bitches. So, uh it was just I liked the way it was written. My own, honestly, the only thing that I really had a major problem with was the uh, the killer reveal. The killer reveal in the original was certainly better than the killer reveal in the remake. Um, it was fairly silly, I, and I still don't quite understand. I, mean, I guess I kind of understood what they were going for, but it, it to me it didn't quite work. Um, however, it's it's a slasher movie and. Um, it follows all of the slasher movie traditions. So there's some nudity thrown in there. There's some, some, uh, some good kills, although it's not like, uh, this is not something that's going to completely shock you, but it is bloody. Uh, the tool that the killer uses to murder these, um, these wretched people is, is pretty ingenious and, and neat. And it ties in with, with the prank that goes wrong in the beginning. And I would talk a little bit more about the original. I watched it, I believe, twice now, and it just doesn't do it for me. There's, it, It's okay for an 80s slasher, because I love my 80s slasher movies, but ah, something about it just didn't, didn't quite work. Um, Carrie Fisher is of Star Wars is in Sorority Row as the house mother, and she's really good. She's funny. She has a couple of really funny lines, and she gets to play a badass, so... Uh, I, I appreciated that. But uh, anyway, that's Sorority Roar. Row. Definitely um, better than the original. Next up, and this is going to be very, very controversial, uh, but I do think that the Evil Dead remake is uh, ever so slightly better than the original. Now, having said that, I have watched the original countless times. I, I It's been so many times that I've seen that movie. And... Um, Obviously, it's a very low-budget movie, and it shows. And the more you watch it and the more the newer formats that come out, you know, first VHS, then Laserdisc and DVD, and uh, now Blu-ray, and it shows the flaws more and more and more. And that, that happens with these older movies is that they lose a little bit of their charm because you see the sub-quality special effects. And Evil Dead is no exception. The original Evil Dead, and I love it. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, In fact, I would probably... um, This is one of those where it's almost like a tie, I guess. But I I, I love the remake so much that I I think that that it falls into the first category here. But um, the original, there's some pretty shoddy effects. And I understand why. It's a very low-budget movie uh, made by guerrilla filmmakers. And... uh, 
you know, what they were doing, it, it worked. And it's, it's a classic, classic movie. Ash, uh, played by Bruce Campbell, he's classic. Um, however, the remake gets everything right, I think. It is, I like all the characters in it. Uh, I like the atmosphere that it creates. I like the music in it. The special effects are so incredibly gruesome. Um, I am continually amazed that this movie got an R rating. I can't believe it got an R rating. Um, supposedly there is an unrated version out there, but it hasn't been released. And I really wish it would because there was one or two scenes that were in the preview that were actually not in the final movie. And supposedly that was going to make its way onto a director's cut. It has not. The, um, um, and supposedly, supposedly that there is a bunch of other scenes and beings that Blu-ray had no deleted scenes at all. It just leads you to believe that eventually there is going to be another version that is released. But even if it, even if it never sees the light of day, uh, I loved the remake. I loved the, even the end credits were just great. How it incorporated the original. And this is one, this is a remake to, that where I think that they paid such great, uh, homage to the original. And there's so much of the original that's in here, but it's its own beast. Uh, the evil dead is its own creature. And I love that. I love that it's its own thing, but it's not, it doesn't stray too far away from the original because the original is so iconic and legendary. Uh, a couple things that, I, well, honestly, there's like two things that I would have, that they, they should have done a little bit different in my personal opinion. Um, the Raining Blood, and this is silly, I know, but that would have been such a... Per- this is movie is so hardcore that that would have been the perfect spot to put Slayer's Raining Blood uh, on there because it would have been so great. Uh, that's just a personal thing. Also, the she-demon creature at the end, while I, do, I did like enough, and I upon rewatching more and more, I'm like, ah, okay, I, you know, I, I, it's cool. It's a missed opportunity, I think. The original Evil Dead had this awesome, huge stop-motion creature, creatures, and I loved that. I loved the way that movie ended, and they could have done so much with the remake, incorporating something like that into it, to where uh, we have this awesome, big demon creature instead of uh, our main hero's doppelganger. Uh, so, And Jane Levy is the... Uh, She's the Ash character, I guess, kind of, sort of, in this movie. And um, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with the fact that, uh, that there's not an Ash character, per se, in this, uh, because I liked all the characters. I liked every single character in this movie. Um, and it immediately hooks you. This movie immediately hooks you with uh, that awesome beginning where it's just it's so graphic and it's so hardcore, and then Evil Dead sprawls across the screen, and I loved it. It was so great. Um, so anyway, that's the evil dead. Um, next up is, and this is going to be another one that is probably not overly popular in the horror community, but you know what? I, I stand by this one and that is the Dawn of the dead remake, uh, Zack Snyder's 2004 version versus George Romero's 78 version. Uh, I've watched the original Dawn of the dead many, many times in the Argento version, in the extended version, in the director's original version and it's a great movie it, it still holds up Sam Raimi's or uh, Sam Raimi uh, Tom Savini's effects still holds up extremely well uh, it's a great piece on consumerism especially for its time uh, the, the mall setting was great the the music was cool everything about it, I mean Goblin score everything was really really good in that movie um, however the remake took what was already good and made it just awesome and 
um, more modern. And that's, you know, that, again, that's something that not everybody's going to agree with, and that's okay. Um, but um, you know the story. The world is being taken over by zombies, the undead, and a group of people hole up in a big abandoned uh, shopping mall and fend for themselves. And it is so good. The special effects are so, so, so good. Um, And this movie did quite well. And uh, because it did so well, it spawned more remakes that I'm going to be talking about later, both in this episode and the next episode. Um, And again, I don't want to spend too much time on the technical aspects of the movie other than the fact that uh, it's fast-paced, the zombies run in this movie, and that was something that people didn't like because in Romero's version, zombies don't run. Well, Snyder made it his own, and I think that he did a great job. In fact, there's different stages of decomposition in this movie with the zombies. So there's the fresh kills that are really fast runners, and then there's the more slower, you know, been-dead-a-while zombies. Um, but you know, it worked for the running zombies worked for 28 days later, which was, that was kind of more like the infected. And it also worked for Umberto Lenzi's uh, nightmare city and return of the living dead. So why can't it work for dawn of the dead? I think it's really cool. And it's a great movie. The screenplay was written by James Gunn and uh, who you will probably by now know from Slither and, uh, guardians of the galaxy. And supposedly George, I guess I'm looking here. George Romero also uh, was a writer on this. So that's really cool that he was involved in this movie, but highly recommended. I actually think that the end of this movie was ingenious to me. It almost felt like it paying a little, uh, a little homage to, to, uh, Lucio Fulci's Island zombie romp. I could be wrong, but it, it's, it ends on an, an, an island type setting, and it just feels kind of like paying a little bit of tribute to Lucio Fulci, and I think that's great, if that's the case. Uh, next up is Halloween Part 2, and uh, Halloween Part 2 versus the original Halloween Part 2 from Rick Rothensale, I believe is his, the director's name, from 1981, and the remake, well, kind of, sort of remake of that one in Rob Zombie's Halloween two. Um, another, another one that, uh, I, I'm guessing that a lot of people wouldn't agree with, but that's okay. Um, you know, movies are subjective. 2009 is when the, uh, Halloween two came out. And honestly, the only thing that this has in common with the original Halloween two is the first 25 or so minutes that are set inside the hospital. However, that to me is enough and there's enough story beats from the original Halloween 1 and 2 that to incorporate into this that I'm going to put this in that list. Uh, I think that the theatrical version of Halloween 2 is, uh, is fantastic. It's uh, probably my second favorite Halloween movie right behind Season of the Witch. Uh, and it's uh, – I, I already discussed this on my other – on one of the other episodes that I've done. So I'm not going to spend much time on this one other than the fact that um, I do think that the only way to watch this movie, in my humble opinion – is the theatrical version. I did not care for, and I, I didn't hate, but I really strongly didn't like the uh, unrated version of Halloween 2. It makes a lean, mean, tight, kick-ass horror movie into a overlong, depressing, overacted mess. So stick with the theatrical version on that one. But um, and, and, and having said that, the original Halloween 2 is a classic classic uh, 80s slasher movie. It gets all of the 80s slasher movie uh, bits down perfectly. 
The music is great. It's a great continuation of the first one. In fact, I would almost put Halloween 2 above John Carpenter's original Halloween because they upped the violence in it. Um, everything is is ramped up, and it's more it's, it's scary. I love the Halloween in the hospital setting, and everything works really, really well in that. So this one here is, it's their right side by side, almost like the Evil Dead. Uh, in fact, so far, every movie other than Sorority Row that I've talked about, I would put neck and neck. Um, the next one is going to be yet another controversial one, and that would be Black Christmas. And Black Christmas, there is the 1970, I think 72 version with uh, directed by Bob Clark, who did A Christmas Story. And then there's the 2006 version. Uh, let me just pull that up here. Um, the uh, 2006, yeah, okay, Black Christmas, the original was 74, and the remake was 2006, directed by Glenn Morgan. This thing got annihilated when it was released. Uh, it didn't do good. It bombed, and people hated the movie, and I watched it, and I'm like, why? This is fantastic. This is everything that I love. I love in a slasher movie is in this movie. This is one of my all-time favorite slasher movies from the 80s and any time is the 2006 remake of Black Christmas. The uh, the unrated version is so, so gory, and I love gory slasher movies. And this one is that in spades. Uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead is in this, and unlike the uh, Thing prequel, whatever, uh, she fits perfectly in this. In fact, this is similar to Sorority Row in that you almost don't like any of the girls in this movie, but they're all somewhat likable for some reason because they're all bitchy and, and fighting with each other, but it works. It works to where you don't hate them. Um, this one here, uh, the remake is quite different, actually, than the original. The original is very uh, non-graphic, and it's very—it's more of a mystery, suspense, thriller with you're trying to guess who the killer is, and there's a killer in the house, and he's peeping around, and um, you don't know anything about this killer, left in you know, shrouds of mystery. The remake is the complete, total opposite. You follow the killer's story from young all the way up to when he's doing his business, in the sorority house now, and uh, it's great. I this one here, I uh, I think is worlds better than the than the original. Um, it it personally, it upsets me that this movie gets trashed as bad as it does because I love it. I love the fact that they use waltz of the snowflakes from the Nutcracker uh, quite a bit in the movie. I think it's brilliant. I love the color palette of this movie. This color palette does not feel like a slasher movie at all. The color palette of this movie feels like a warm holiday movie. And I think it's, it's, it's brilliant. Uh, it doesn't feel like a slasher movie. It feels like a fun, happy-go-lucky family Christmas movie. And it's anything but, um, especially with the music and just how nasty these girls are in this sorority house. Uh, it, huge thumbs up. I just, I, I can't speak highly enough about this movie. Watch the movie as soon as you can. Uh, rent it off of, uh, off of Voodoo. It hasn't got a, an official – I have a Blu-ray of it, but it's a Canadian release, and it's the R-rated version. And I simply refuse to watch the R-rated version because the unrated version is so gruesome. Uh, so um, I actually have a digital copy of it, and that's the one that I watched in the unrated version. So highly, highly recommend Black Christmas. I could, In fact, more than likely, I'm going to spend an episode talking about uh, my favorite horror uh, Christmas movies, and that will come later. So I'm going to even – I'm going to be talking a little bit more about Black Christmas and my love for that movie. But definitely better than the original, in my opinion. Uh, next up is Piranha. And Piranha, um, 
is obviously a ripoff of Jaws from 1978. The original was directed by the great Joe Dante of Gremlins and numerous other movies. Uh, Joe Dante, I think, is a very, very good director. He did The Howling. Um, uh, however, uh, and the, pretty much you know what the story is. It's about man-eating piranhas, kind of like Jaws, except it's small fish, and they kill kids in the original, and it's it's cool, and it's very Roger Corman, and I, I totally dug it. Um, the remake is uh, its own thing. Uh, it's sim- somewhat similar story, but different enough, and j- it's so out there and crazy. It's directed by Alexandria Aja. I love Alexandria Aja, uh, from, uh, director of uh, Hills Have Eyes remake and director of Hot Tension, which I love Hot Tension. So anyway, in fact, that's one that I didn't, I totally overlooked that, Hills Have Eyes. I liked the Hills Have Eyes much better than the original, but I'm already running out of time here, so I'm just going to breeze over this. And if I don't have time for that one, I just, at least I said it. Remake of Hills Have Eyes from 2006 is better than the original Wes Craven Hills Have Eyes from the 70s. So there you go. But Piranha. Piranha was in 3D. was not shot in 3D, but it was uh, converted in 3D. And it works for what it is. I actually have it on Blu-ray. Uh, but again, it's, it's uh, college kids getting killed by Piranha. And the Piranha are really, really cool in this movie. Um, they are just, they're just nasty things. Elizabeth Shue is in this. Richard Dreyfuss is in this. Jerry O'Connell is in this. I love the cast. Uh, another another movie to where and even Eli Roth does a cameo and he gets he gets destroyed in this thing. Um, another one where you don't really like anybody, but it works so well with the movie is that it's enjoyable to not like the characters. And I love movies that are able to pull that off because sometimes that's hard to pull off. It's like I hate all these characters, but here it's you enjoy hating them and you're like, oh, how are these people going to die? And oh, do they die? This thing is a complete bloodbath. There is a scene at the end where the piranha uh, attack this big beach party type thing going on with college kids, and it is so gruesome, and I'm pretty sure that KNB effects did the effects on this, but it is just, the water is just red by the time it's done because there's blood everywhere. The original is still a very good movie. I, I really like it. I love the fact that they actually use some sp- st- some uh, stop motion in that, and um, it, it works. It works really well. I love co- old school Roger Corman movies, and so I'm not dissing that one at all. It's still a very, a very entertaining movie. I choose Piranha 3D from 2010 over that, though, definitely. Uh, having said that, do yourself a favor and avoid the Piranha Part 2. It's, I think it's called Piranha 3 Double D uh, it, from the director of Feast. It is atrocious on every single level. I despised that movie. And it was like, it, I think it barely an hour and 20 minutes. And it was a chore to get through. I hated that movie. Uh, but Piranha, the remake is big thumbs up. I love how it ends. It's it's funny. And it's, boy, this thing has got chock full of nudity. My goodness. It's This one here was, uh, I'm like, how did this thing get away with an R rating with all of the nudity in that thing? Wow. So anyway, good movie. Big thumbs up. I really, really dug it. And while I'm, while I'm on it, I'm just going to wrap up the, uh, the Hills Have Eyes thing. Uh, I love the uh, remake of Hills Have Eyes. Alexandria Aja's uh, remake is everything that the original I thought lacked. It's extremely brutal, violent, really gory. Uh, I like the fact that they have kind of a, a Democrat-type character that is the hero of the movie and the, uh, the hardcore Republican father-in-law is 
kind of a jerk and he gets what's coming to him. And I kind of dug that, of course. So, uh, but anyway, I really, really liked the, uh, the remake, the original, it, it, it's okay, uh, for a nostalgia type thing, but it doesn't hold a candle. I think to the, to the very well-made, uh, remake. And the remake is uh, another one of those where it's so violent. Oh man. It's just like, you're like, Oh, and, um, I, uh, I know that my co-host over on Movie Freaks does not agree with me, but I really liked Part 2. I thought that Hills Have Eyes Part 2, it was a worthy follow-up to this one. It wasn't as good, but it was a very worthy follow-up. I've watched it numerous times. It's fast-paced. It's gory. And uh, I liked it. And in, in fact, it's 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 worlds better than the Hills Have Eyes Part 2 from back in the 80s that Wes Craven did. That thing was almost unwatchable. So anyway, there's my Hills Have Eyes rant. Next up is My Bloody Valentine. And My Bloody Valentine, uh, there's a 1981 version and a 2009 version. And the 1981 version has finally seen release on Blu-ray in its finally uncut version. And this thing was butchered by the MPAA because uh, I'm not even sure why. I, who knows? It got it got annihilated. There was so much cut out of the movie that it was one of the most bloodless slasher movies from the 80s. And... Um, Anyway, I could more than likely I'm going to spend more time on some of these movies in a in a later episode, so I'm not going to spend too much time talking about the technical aspects. But anyway, the unrated version of My Bloody Valentine '81 is a very good slasher movie from the '80s. However, the remake from 2009, directed by Patrick Lussier, uh, he did. Uh, let's just see here. He's got a bunch of good stuff, uh, and then some not so good stuff. Um, my Bloody Valentine was very good. White Noise Part 2 I thought was very was very watchable. Um, Dracula 2000 was very good. And then he did Drive Angry, unfortunately, because that was not good. Um, but it follows similar beats. There's a, a coal mining accident, and a, there's a coal miner killer, and people are getting killed in the coal mines and surrounding community, and that's kind of all you need to know. The 3D works fantastic in this movie. Uh, this is one a very gimmicky 3D movie so that things are all, all the time flying at the screen, and I loved it. And also, uh, this movie has Tom Atkins, and that's all you need to know to watch this movie because Tom Atkins kicks ass. Uh, Jamie King's in the movie, and I, I really liked the entire cast of this movie. Everybody worked really good. This is your, your, it's kind of a very, very typical slasher movie. It follows all the slasher beats and it's, it's really gory. The 3d is good. I really liked it a lot and I'm glad to have it in my collection and I'm glad to say that it's a better version uh, than the original. Um, next up is the thing. And here uh, I'm referring to the old fifties version. Uh, and I'm not going to spend much time cause I just got done talking about the thing on a previous episode. Uh, but uh, I would prefer the 82 version over the original in a heartbeat. And if you want to know my thoughts on the original or on John Carpenter's 82 version of The Thing, go ahead and listen to my uh, previous show where I really discussed The Thing and the prequel that just came out in 2011. But um, anyway, all all things Thing-related are on that episode. Uh, next up, and this is another uh, probably unpopular one, would be Fright Night. And I thought that the original Fright Night was good for what it was from 1985, directed by Tom Holland. Tom Holland did It and um, a slew of other things. Uh, the original star is Chris Sarandon. and we was, Roddy McDowell's in this. And Chris Sarandon was very good as, um, as the uh, main vampire. However, uh, the remake is better in every single area. Uh, uh, the I'm going to butcher his last name. Anton 
Yelchin, I believe. Uh, Colin Farrell is the vampire, and Anton is Charlie Brewster. Um, I liked every single person in this movie. Every character was was cool in this movie, especially Colin Farrell. He was the ultimate vampire in this thing. It's gory. It's cool. The 3D is it works great. I love the uh, the setting. Um, Chris Randon actually has a cameo in this that's really 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 cool. Um, it just worked. Everything about it worked. Even even the uh, Peter Vincent character played by David Tennant was great. I actually liked David Tennant better than Roddy McDowell in the original. Uh, but it's funny. Uh, characters do things that w- they would do in real life in in these situations, and I like that. That it's like it, you don't have the parent that that the entire movie or the girlfriend in the through the entire movie that doesn't believe the uh, the kid that there's there there is vampires. I, I like that. Oh, there is vampires. Okay, let's deal with them. I love that. Um, a lot of these movies I'm going to probably hit on at later episodes because there's so much I'd like to talk about them, and I just want to get my thoughts out there on on this particular subject of remakes better than the original. I am running fast out of time here, so I'm going to finish up here with um, The Ring. Uh, I think that the Gore Verbinski version of The Ring is better than the original uh, Japanese version. However, that's very subjective. Um, the original Ring is uh, still a very, very good movie. Um, however, the 2002 version with Naomi Watts I believe was uh, even scarier. And I liked the fact that it had a really big budget and it worked really, really well. And I liked that there was a lot more, even even more mystery to it than the original. Um, moving on, Children of the Corn. And this one here I'm referring to, there's, uh, there's the 1984 version, which already isn't that good, but watchable. And then there's the, and that was directed by, let me just pull that up here, by Fritz Kirsch. I guess. Um, but Linda, Ham- Linda Hamilton and Peter Horner Horton is in that. Uh, and th- it's, it's, it's a good movie, good enough movie for what it was, but it's not a great movie. Um, however, the remake, which was a made for sci-fi original, uh, from 2009 is pretty much unwatchable. Everything about it is terrible. Same storyline. It just sucked. Um, and I watched it once and I'll never watch it again. Uh, I can't imagine how people can take $2 million of a budget and throw it away like they did. It was pathetic. Pathetic. Uh, so anyway, that's just that's kind of an honorable mention because the original wasn't that great to begin with. But um, uh, anyway, um, there's one other one, and it's, it's a complete tie. But you know what? I'm going to, because I'm out of time, I'm going to wrap that one into the worst than the original because it's, it's, it's so close that I, I, it's hard for me to to put it above the original. So I'm going to, I'm going to talk about that one on my next episode and I'm out of time. So anyway, that's the remakes that are better than the originals. And next up is going to be, uh, originals that are, uh, that are better than the remakes. So I really enjoyed doing this. I could have spent, I could have probably spent like a couple hours talking about all these movies, like dissecting them, but I don't have the time. So you can get a hold of me at Eugene dash Weaver at hotmail.com for any questions or concerns or movies I should watch or comments, feedback, all that good jazz. Make sure that you tune in to Movie Freaks over on YouTube and uh, listen to our show over there. That's my sister show with my uh, co-host, Eric Marner. And uh, we're actually going to be doing a big taping tonight, so stay tuned for that coming up soon. And then our friends over at Cinema Sidekicks on iTunes, they're always great to listen to as well. That's going to do it for me today. Thanks for listening. I'm Eugene Weaver, and until next time.